0: Welcome to Unlimited Sports Daily. I'm Peyton Thomas. Husker baseball had small expectations at the beginning of the season before the squad really banded together for some big results, including a Big Ten championship. One of the many surprises on the team was veteran newcomer starting pitcher Chance Roach. He joins us today to provide insight into why this Husker baseball team found so much unexpected success. So did you have a nickname in the locker room at Nebraska? Kind of what was your, what was your persona in the locker
1: room? A lot of people just like to make fun of me for being old, old man, things like that. But I think my favorite was a lot of people like call me the Slim Reaper, especially because they like to call Anderson the Grim Reaper. So we joke around Grim and Slim and it was fun.
0: But you're talking Max Anderson, the freshman who racked up all sorts of of All-American freshman rewards and just another player that had an outstanding season pretty much out of nowhere. But I love the pitching style, sort of a Pedro Martinez, and I know he's a little bit shorter than you are, but that slight guy on the mound who's just tossing heaters past guys, making a whiff. It's (laughs) just, it's a fantastic dynamic. Big Ten on display. Four teams expected at least to go to the NCAA tournament now Roach just one strikeout away from tying his career high Chance Roach electric once again rooms. Chance you had a solid final year of your college career you pitched the second most innings on Nebraska chalking up a 4 one ERA so first congrats on a great college career I know you're kind of past that stage in your life and now where does the Chance Roach Nebraska story begin? transferred in from New Mexico State, where you spent the majority of your college career, how did you make the decision to wind up in Lincoln for your final year?
1: Kind of a little wild ride. I mean, the, obviously with COVID, everything happened and the season got shut down. And it was once the season ended, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I was planning on going back to New Mexico State, but there were some issues there with um, my schooling, um, my scholarships and things like that. Um, where I, I figured I could get um, something better if I left. So I, I kind of figured I'd enter the transfer portal and see what was out there. Um, and within a week of that, I, Coach Harvell had called me, and we'd offered, and I had done virtual tours, and I'd talked to some of the guys and met with Coach Christie and Coach Bolt, and, and I really loved it, and I committed right then. Fast forward about a month, I show up to the facilities, I meet all the coaches in person and they were great, they were awesome and that was the first time I ever got to Haymarket and I was blown away. It was much nicer um, really than I expected. Uh, All the facilities were incredible and I'd seen them on on video, but I kind of, I, I didn't have as high of expectations because I figured you can make the videos look as nice as you want. But when I showed up, they really were um, they really were that nice. I didn't really know anybody at first, but I, the first people that I talked to were uh, Max Streiber and Gunnar Hallstrom, and they were great. You know, they were great introducing me and kind of um, helped me get used to the team and meet all the guys. And I, I really loved it, but it kind of happened really suddenly. It went from staying in New Mexico to a week later, packing all my stuff up and moving to Nebraska. So,
0: so a quick turnaround. And by the time you got to Nebraska, ready to go, it was time to start the school year, get into the swing of things. And I mean, baseball's still months away, but anybody that's inside the locker room knows that you still yeah. have to work on it every day. The season starts in the off season, mm-hmm. and you have to put in a bunch of work then. So, did you were you able to settle down into Nebraska right when you? got to campus right when you met the guys and did it start to slow down for you? You were able to get into a routine or were things still kind of flying around you?
1: I would actually say no. And it has nothing to do with the team or anything like that. It was because of the COVID protocols that were still going on. We weren't allowed to lift or go up to the field. So I was having to lift off campus and I was playing catch at a park near my house in Turtle Creek. And it was kind of, It was kind of just tough to get into that rhythm until team practice finally started.
0: So with things still flying around in the fall, Mm -hmm. obviously the new protocols for COVID is something that nobody's experienced regardless of how much of a veteran you are in the college game, like yourself, having four full Mm -hmm. years under your belt at New Mexico State. It may be even harder for the freshmen that were just coming into college trying to get into that routine because it is different than a high school baseball setting. But... After those protocols, after the fall, when was that moment where it kind of became real for you that you guys knew you were going to be playing baseball, you knew you were going to be throwing at Haymarket Park in the spring?
1: Right around towards the end of the fall, I think we had a live stream and there was, I don't don't remember the number, maybe 30,000 that had watched the live stream. I was kind of like, oh my. Like, that's a lot. You know, that's a lot of people. Like, it's kind of crazy. Um, and it was, you know, we had had a good game. The team was really good. And I kind of had known what we had had in the past in New Mexico State. So I knew what made a team good. And I knew this team was better. I mean, I was ready to go, excited. And the only question was the COVID protocols and whatnot. So I guess to answer your question more specifically, as soon as we, as soon as the schedule was released, <laughs> it became real. We all knew we were going to be good, ready to play, and we were ready to tackle anything that got thrown at us, which I think we we clearly did. Um, But I don't think it was real until that schedule was released, that 44-game conference-only schedule that we all hated so much. (laughs) Yeah, Chance Roach putting on a show the fifth-year senior. Nebraska's co-places, and he is leading the way. So
0: you get over that sort of initial burst of excitement of getting to Lincoln and getting ready to play. You get the green light after the COVID Mm -hmm. protocol. So you're going to play baseball this spring. And you guys in the locker room, you just said it, knew you were good. But Nebraska Mm -hmm. wasn't in the top six in the conference preseason rankings. Now, this is a team that went on to win the Big Ten championship and made a great run at it in the postseason. Talk about that later. What did the so-called experts get wrong about this team at the beginning of the year?
1: Oh, I just, I don't know what they got wrong. I think they just weren't paying attention, if I'm being honest. Because everybody talked about how Nebraska's offense at the beginning of the year, Nebraska's going to have one of the best offenses. Nebraska's going to have one of the best offenses. Well, if you watched any of the fall games, they were generally low-scoring affairs. So I would argue that we had a much better pitching staff than people thought. Um... We probably also had a really, really great team chemistry and a couple of X factors in Schwellenbach and uh, just Hallmark and Acker just kind of spark-plugging things on the offensive side, um, which I, I guess is very hard to quantify. But I think just in general, top to bottom, we were better than anybody expected. It's You could say the pitching staff, you could say... Well, Schwellenbach coming on the mound was huge. You could say Hallmark and Acker in the outfield getting things going was huge. So, Roskam as well. It's kind of hard to to pinpoint one thing, but I think just all around we were much better than anybody could have ever guessed at every position.
0: And part of that unpredicted production in this team came from the transfers and you being one of those guys, Jake Buns, Cam Wynn, Cody Frank – you all transferred in before the year and that's just in the pitching staff not to mention some of the bats that came in to help as well clearly that was part of coach bolt's plan heading into the 2021 season and nobody really expected that much help that nebraska was going to get from the outside from a player's perspective perspective what dynamic did coach bolt bring to the program that made transfers start flowing in what was part of that process that said okay I, I think that I can go to Nebraska to win. I think I can go to Nebraska to grow under this program.
1: I think for for me, it kind of was just um, Coach Bolt saw a need and he filled it. it at least for for me personally, um, when I talked to him, he didn't. When we had first talked and looked at me, there was no sugar coating. He said, "Well, we're looking for a starting pitcher, and hopefully, you could be that guy." if we want to bring you on campus and give you that opportunity. Obviously, he didn't give me the role or anything like that, but he said you come here and you like we think you're good enough, and if you are, then then it's your job. And so I think with the transfers nowadays, it's a lot easier to see a role and fill a role um, versus before sometimes you had to develop your own guys. Um, In this situation, it was kind of nice because I showed up Already developed with experience and obviously not completely developed, but ready to go and able to be thrown straight in the rotation. So I think Coach Bolt just does a great job of knowing what he needs and how he's going to get that, whether it's a transfer or freshman or if he's going to move somebody positions. I don't think it matters. I think he does a really good job of filling all the holes that you need to make a team great. Coach Bolt
0: is a go getter, clearly and mm-hmm. see a role, fill a role, but what kind of culture is he creating for the, he- the future of Husker baseball, which obviously you're not going to be a part of, unfortunately, but you're ready, I would bet, to move on to that next step in your career, but n- knowing that in his breakout year, and I think it's fair to call this year for Husker baseball a breakout year for Coach Bolt, it was what so much of the fan base was waiting for, what do fans have in store for them in the next couple years, knowing what you know now about the culture that he's building within that program?
1: I think I mean he's just gonna win. I don't know exactly how he's gonna do it. He he talks about culture a lot, and he just talks about being a winning culture and bringing everything you have. Uh, he talks about emptying the bucket, uh, just like emptying your sweat bucket, whatever you have on that day, giving everything you got. Um, and you look at you look at the freshman on that team you look at max anderson and bryce matthews and jack style and Emmett olson and they're going to be very good in the future i think this is definitely just a stepping stone um when when our when we finished our meeting at the end of the year coach Bold talked about he thanked all of us seniors and everything for this year thanked all of us for this year and then he immediately shifted and said now the rest of you don't think that this is good enough. Like We we still have more to do. And I think that's what's important is he's bringing that up right away so everybody knows that, yeah, it was a great year, but that wasn't our goal. Our goal wasn't to go give Arkansas a fight. Our goal is to beat Arkansas and go to Omaha and play in front of a relatively home crowd and give it a run in the College World Series. So I think with his high goals and his commitment to those goals, there's going to
0: be a lot of winning. So you're telling me with all the winning this year, the Big Ten championship, the great fight you put on in the postseason, and Coach Bolt truly believes with his locker room of guys and with all the the movement he's going to have before next season that that group can accomplish even more.
1: Yeah, I think so. and I, I agree, actually. I think you look at last year's team, We look at next year's team, and as much as I want to say that I was a key part of that team, I think they're going to find somebody else who does just as well, if not better than I did. And same thing with all the other seniors and draft guys. Obviously, it's going to be very difficult to replace Schwellenbach, but I think a couple of guys might be able to put some stuff together and and, uh, help our cause. Everybody's going to get better. That's on that team right now. Everybody's committed to getting better. I know they're gonna be a great team next year and years to come after that. Not a doubt in my mind or Coach Polt's mind, not that I speak for Coach Polt, but that they're going to be better and great in the next few years.
0: So let's move back to the COVID protocols It was a full season, but it wasn't a normal season. You had the Mm all-conference schedule. You did not have the Big Ten tournament, which the conference puts on every year in a normal year. But you win the Big Ten outright in the regular season, the only championship awarded, and with a few games to go nonetheless. So tell me about that moment, the emotions of winning the Big Ten championship. And that was right after you probably had your best outing of the year. You were unstoppable Mm -hmm. on the mound against Indiana.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a crazy weekend. Um, I had been joking, I guess I still joke that that's the that was the best weekend of baseball I've ever been a part of, especially me specifically. Because you look at the, I don't remember the game Friday, but I know we won. Um, Saturday morning, Griff hits his Griffin Everett hits his home run, where he's cramping up and he can barely walk to tie the game in the eighth or the ninth, um, and we end up winning that one. In the next game, I throw a great game. Um, So that was, I mean, exhilarating for me. You know, I knew how important that game was. And to throw my best game of the year in that game was, it was really awesome. And then the next day, we clinched the Big Ten Championship. So that weekend of baseball was just, it was just an absolute blast. Um, Winning the Big Ten Championship was not something that I had really expected until about, I don't know, a few weeks into the season because I had never played Big Ten baseball before, so I wasn't sure about the competition or anything like that. Spencer, the video Spencer throwing his hat, it fires me up every single time I see it. Like, it gives me chills and goosebumps.
0: One, two. Strike three called. Nebraska, your 2021 Big Ten champions.
1: I mean, that was kind of Showed all of our hard work throughout the year and kind of brought it all together into one place and gave us something that we'll never forget. And we'll always remember and celebrate.
0: There's a lot more to come in the Chance Roach story on the mound, but so far, is that your biggest accomplishment in your career?
1: I think so. I think it is for sure. I mean, that game and that Big Ten championship, just that weekend and all, was was incredible. I've had a couple other nice accomplishments, but I think that that was a big team one, and and those are always much more important than the individual awards. Um, So I'd have to say definitely Big Ten Championship. Um, Yeah. Would have been nice to win that regionally. Fly ball, center field. Christian Franklin and the Razorbacks are moving on to the Super Regionals.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: Two wins and a save in the Spayetteville Regional for Arkansas right-hander Kevin Comps. Get
0: past the most, in your words, exhilarating dogs. weekend of baseball. Mm-hmm. You have a strong series against Michigan, and you finish the year ranked 20th in the poll, and this team is ready to get a good bid in the tournament. Yeah. You're ready to get into a regional, probably not going to host one, but most likely going to be right on the edge, right on the fringe, mm-hmm. and I got to, I'm just going to ask you bluntly, was this team disrespected by the committee when placed into the Fayetteville Regional? This is a powerhouse Arkansas team, and being placed in that regional is essentially like being put as number 32 in the country. With there being 16 regional sites in Nebraska being paired with that number one seed, that, that is the lowest second seed in a regional, mm-hmm. and I think most people were surprised. Most Uh, or most fans of Husker baseball were really shocked to see Nebraska ranked that low going into the tournament.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, we were all shocked that we we did feel a bit disrespected, Um, but that kind of just added fuel to us. We thought, all right, well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to beat them eventually anyways if we want to accomplish our goals. So we kind of tried to just push that thought out of our mind, like, oh man, we shouldn't be here, blah, blah, blah. Because I was just kind of making excuses. And as the team, I don't really think it's good for us to make excuses before we even show up there. Um, for the fans, of course. You know, make excuses all you want. I plan on making excuses if that same thing happens this year for the team. Um, but for us, I, I feel like that's a dangerous thought to creep into our mind because it's almost like we're admitting defeat before we went there. Um, but now that it's in the past, I do think we belong somewhere else. Um, and I think we proved that. So I think maybe the Big Ten now in the future will get a little more respect. Maybe with non-conference schedule and a conference tournament, we'll, we'll, um, we'll boost our case a little bit more. Um, and we'll be put in a better position in the playoffs in the future. That's really, that's really all we can do. I mean, sit and complain, but what are you going to do? It's in the past, and hopefully it won't happen again, and Nebraska will be set up in a much better position in playoffs in the future.
0: So I don't want to dwell on that last weekend because the team gave just an incredible amount of effort in the scenes at the end for how much it meant and how close Nebraska was from defeating the powerhouse Arkansas and coming out of that regional and advancing into the super regional. But tell me about those last few moments playing in your college career in one of the most intimidating atmospheres in all of college baseball and playing one of the toughest lineups in all of college baseball as well.
1: Yeah, uh, it was. I mean, it was crazy. It was. It was really fun. Honestly, we. I kind of. I obviously knew that my college career was coming to an end. I hoped it wasn't going to be at that regional, but I still knew that it was close. I didn't have many games left, so I was trying to. You know, give it my all every game and be ready to, be ready to go, and then, um, kind of when we lost that lead. On that last day, it kind of really set in. I knew we still had another inning, but it was kind of hard not to to feel like the game was was over at that point. So I was trying to stay positive, but he still kind of knew. Ball. Deep left field. Out of here. And uh, you know, I was devastated. I started to tear up a little bit, but actually, not until the game ended. But as soon as the game ended, I started to tear up because I knew that this run was over with this team. And honestly, it was kind of shocking. I, I kept feeling like I had another game with these guys or had another practice or something. And then when we lost that game, it kind of just hit me really hard because I knew that I was wrong. I didn't still have more games and whatnot with those guys. Um, and that was tough because we'd been through so much together and, we worked so hard and gave everything, like you said, we gave everything we had. I don't think anybody would say that we didn't give everything we had at Arkansas or pour it all out. And, you know, there wasn't really anybody to blame. It just kind of the team gave everything and we lost and that was just the way it was. But yeah, it was, it was tough. Even thinking about it now, it's, it was a tough weekend. Um, But I mean, I'm still glad we went there and I had a blast. I'll never forget playing in front of all those fans and some of them nice, some of them not nice and live in the moment as best as I could.
0: Well, I want to ask about one more interaction that mm-hmm. I guess a specific character in your locker room had with those fans. Tell me mm-hmm. what you guys knew about Mojo Haggy, because Nebraska as a school, especially in sports, you know, you have the whole Nebraska nice thing and Nebraska is mm-hmm. always that team that it's hard to hate because Everybody that's associated with the school is nice, and they're not going to disrespect you. And Mojo Hagee is a a hilarious guy and a great baseball player. And Nebraska became kind of public enemy number one in Fayetteville for that weekend. Mm -hmm. And I know for a lot of Husker fans that I talked to, it was a little bit refreshing to see Nebraska kind of put on the bad guy role. And I know that all started with Mojo Hagee at the beginning of that weekend. So tell me what you guys knew as the players and how that fueled you
1: yeah i mean we all just thought it was really funny if we're being honest we kind of it was like every you know every couple innings or so i'd go up to know be like, did you get anything new you know did anybody say anything funny to you you know just kind of trying to because he he loved it he's such a i mean he's a tough guy and he, he everybody knew he could take it nobody was really worried that they were getting under his skin but um, I feel like we knew a decent amount of the stuff that was going on. Um, I remember checking Twitter and whatnot in between uh, in between games, and just kind of seeing you know what everybody was saying online and, and joking about Mojo. Or not really joking, but we were joking about what they were saying about Mojo. Yeah, it was crazy because I mean everybody loves Mojo. All of Nebraska loves Mojo. Everybody knows that he's a fan favorite, and you know we love him in the clubhouse. Um, and he's just, I mean, he's one of one of my close friends for sure. And he, uh, just to kind of see him be the one who got all of it is kind of crazy. I, it's just because he was in left field. I mean, they, they could say all these stories, whatever you want. You can make up whatever story you want. There's, you know, there's nothing backing up anything that most of these people were saying about Mojo.
0: All right, Chance, so I'm going to finally go ahead and acknowledge the elephant, per se, in this Zoom room, the stash. Mm-hmm. It's truly mm-hmm. iconic. It's a Raleigh Finger-style handlebar. If anybody mm-hmm. that's ever seen you pitch, I mean, it has become sort of your persona, at least as a Husker, and it's kind of mm-hmm. what the fans can identify you as. You don't see that on too many guys these days, and it's that's that's what makes it so special is that it's unique. I guess all I can ask is why. Tell, tell me the story behind the stash.
1: I mean shockingly there's not that much story to tell it was no shave November I was growing it out at the end of the month um I was getting a little mustache going so I shaved everything but the mustache and one of my roommates Quinn Mason he goes you think you could curl that and I was like there's no way so I went and grabbed some gel and I curled it it didn't really work very well because the gel didn't stick but it kind of got a little curl to it and I was like that's hilarious. And I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And another random piece that added to it is I happen to have a Raleigh Fingers jersey. Um, I'm a big Padre fan. And prior to a few years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of current Padre's jerseys to have because we were everyone was getting traded and moved around. So I was just bought legends and I had a, a Tony Gwynn and a Trevor Hoffman and then a I uh, I saw that Raleigh Fingers had actually played for the Padres briefly. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get that jersey. So I bought that jersey, and next thing you know, I'm growing out this Raleigh Fingers-style mustache, and I'm wearing that jersey to the field, and everybody's loving it. And it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of grew from not a whole lot. Um, and then it got to the point where it was long, and it was funny, and everybody loved it. And I was like, well, I can't shave it now. And then a couple times throughout the season, I thought about shaving it when I wasn't pitching so well. And uh, I stuck through it and I kept it. And I'm glad I did because it's it's still hilarious and, and everybody loves it. And it's, well, I shouldn't say everybody. My fiance doesn't love it, but everybody else loves it. <laughs> and she's okay with it.
0: <laughs> she has adopted you stash and all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not her favorite, but she gets it. And as long as I shave it off before the wedding, she'll be fine. Chance Roche struck out the side. Got Alejo Corbett and Ty Coleman swinging.
0: Into the great beyond now. Nebraska baseball Mm -hmm. is over for this season. You graduated. You moved on. So where does the handlebar go now? I know you're playing in Grand Junction. Mm -hmm. Tell me about what's going like present to future
1: future's a bit uncertain, but presently I'm here in Grand Junction. I I signed a professional contract um, here, so I start every six days. Um, It's kind of a, it's similar. I I feel like I'm still in college. I'm in a host family. I'm downstairs. I got kind of just my room with the TV and my PlayStation set up. Um, So it doesn't feel all that different. Um, But the pro ball is definitely a bit different with the way everything works on the field and with games and kind of the way I pitch the hitters definitely are different as well. Um, So I kind of just showed up here and they said, do we need a pitcher? And I just kept going. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. I was was pitching last week in front of 13,000. I should be fine. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And then the draft is in, uh, a little under a month. Um, hopefully, something will come out of that. If not, and nothing comes out of that, and hopefully, I'll sign after that. Um, and then off the affiliated ball is is kind of the goal. And if I keep pitching well here, I think that'll that'll take care of itself. So I, I won't worry about that too much. Um, but if not, who who really knows? You know, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to limit myself too much. Just kind of wing it.
0: All right, Chance. Well, I think personally there is a lot more to come from the handlebar, from you, and there's plenty more coming up in the Chance Roach story. So best of luck in the draft next month. Thank I you know Husker much. fans and Husker Nation will be keeping an eye on you and your career and rooting for you. So thank you so much for joining me today on Unlimited no Sports problem. Daily and helping me tell this story about the previous season of Husker Baseball.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Once again, I want to thank Chance Roach for coming on the podcast and helping us wrap up the 2021 Husker Baseball season. Until next time, I'm Peyton Thomas on the Unlimited Sports Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening.